Welcome to Black Armada Tales, an actual play podcast. My name is Josh Fox, my pronouns are he and him. I am GMing tonight's game of Last Fleet, and I also have four players with me. And I shall now ask them to introduce themselves. I'm Becky Anderson. I am playing Lieutenant Emily Loris, callsign Hellcat. My pronouns are she, her. Her pronouns are she, her. And that is the Aries playbook. Nice order. Mix up a bit. Ed Tomlinson, pronouns are he, him. I'll be playing Dr. Tobias Roy, the Yuri Geller alike. It's the Scorpio playbook, and his pronouns are he, him also. Hi, everyone. I'm Nick Bate, he, him pronouns. I'm playing Commander Sam Buckley, Captain of the Hecate. That's the Taurus playbook. Uh, he also uses he, him pronouns. I'm Sue Elliott. I will be playing Sonia Vega, the Gemini playbook, and our pronouns are she, her. Super, and we're going to be playing Last Fleet, which is awesome. I am going to shift the action. I'm going to shift the action to what's going on with <laughs> Sonia Vega. When last we saw Sonia, she and some marines had just shot a writhing worm-like thing that was trying to drag away an engineer from his quarters. And then as the smoke started to clear from that, this massive hulking humanoid shape shambled into view from down the corridor. What do you do, Sonia? Sonia's going to take a couple of steps back so that she is standing behind the marines so that they're very (laughs) unambiguously between her and and the creature. But she's still holding her her gun up. So you said the creature's moving forward, didn't you? Yeah, it is very much so. Yeah. (laughs) So brave. I think it's going to. If you're if you're you're essentially holding a ground, you're backing off a bit. That you're holding a ground sounds like. Mm-hmm. So this thing, the smoke clears some more, and you see it. It's this kind of greyish. It, it is humanoid, but it it looks like something formed out of clay or putty or something. And its features are indistinct, and it it doesn't really have a face. But it seems, whether it's got eyes or some other senses, it, it sort of, you feel like it's turned to look at you as the smoke clears. And it kind of, it surges forward faster than you would have expected for its size. Its hands reaching out towards you and the Marines. What do you do? I, I kind of kind of really want to say that Sonia just runs for it and leaves the Marines <laughs> in the corridor. Do you want to roll to shake off your fear? Sure thing. Yeah. I'll do I mean, that. really? Your fear might be the one thing that's preserving you. Yeah, I mean, now, guys. I, it's quite a sane response, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome to just run away. But like, if you feel like you want to try and be brave, but you're not sure if you can, shake off would be the right move for that. Yeah, I like that, actually. Yeah. Then you can deliberately interfere with your own roll. I rolled a nine. <gasps> That's quite nice. You know what a nine is? Very nearly a ten. <laughs> pressure to burn. Do you want to though? Can I read? Can I have a look at the options first? You know what? Oh, I'm just what? reading the move. It seems obvious to me that it's not the right move. But anyway, we've rolled it now. It says when you shake off a threat. I guess the threat is that you panic. Yeah. We could, yeah, we can frame it as panic rather than running away in a in a careful tactical manner. You just because, yeah, I suppose it's 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 the threat is like a freeze response. So I'm not I'm neither firing nor running away. 
I guess. Yeah, that's it. So I think, yeah, on the seven to nine, it's me that chooses. And I I already have something in mind. <laughs> oh, go on, Josh. I think let's make it interesting. All right, cool. So you're taking the seven to nine? I am taking the seven to nine, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would be unfair to do what I was going to do, which was to say that you retreat into some area where there's like a dead end or something like that. That wouldn't really constitute shaking anything off at all, I don't think. So I think I will say that you you can get away, but you will be accepting that the Marines are going to be their toast. I think Sonia is okay with that. Outcome. <laughs> So cold. See, I knew we had lots in common. <laughs> right, cool. Yeah, you're able to basically sprint down the corridor. There are more marines starting to filter in, and I think very shortly there will be significantly more marines as the returning crews of the shuttles make their landing and join the fight to hold off these these creatures. Was there a hull breach as a result? Yeah, that, that's why they're all in. Yeah. Yeah, so so the if you remember there was a kind of ten tentacled space squid style ship that kind of latched onto the hull. And so I think that dis will have disgorged these creatures. We can we can surmise. It's a good day for those Marines. They fly over to the Alexander, they fight a lot of Corax, they fly back home. Fight a lot of Corax. Yeah, they're definitely earning their paycheck. Join the army, they said. Go travelling. <laughs> See the world. Where do you run to, Vega? Remember, you were attacked pretty much in your quarters, so you can't run there. The uh, Whereabouts is the medical bay? Hmm, I don't know. Sam, where's the medical bay? Your ship. Sure. I think I think the medical bay is probably quite close to the bridge, and both of those things are inside central because you want those things to be protected just out of curiosity is that anywhere near the doctor's lab almost certainly let's kind of go well it's, it's probably quite secure that was, that was so. my what immediately came to mind was my lab that's a suggestion, but I just wanted to not put it out there. Very safe place to go. Yeah, yeah, really, good. super safe. Let's go there. Ah, okay. So you—that's that's quite interesting. And I think, I think we might want to play this through now because people are about to get back. So this is kind of your opportunity to, you know, that you, you, this might be your only window. <laughs> but you've got security measures on that lab. I think we said, Doctor Roy. I presume that's not like. Indiana Jones style rolling balls. <laughs> Have you ever Just seen um, the, the cube or uh, Resident Evil? It's got one of those lasers. Right? Just prepare to be minced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not the cube. Just cube for the pedants out there. It's probably a proper locked door, some security cameras, and an alarm system. I'm guessing. So it's cameras though. We established there's cameras. Yeah, there is cameras. There is cameras. Yeah, 100%. So, Vega, having satisfied yourself that you are well away from any shambling monsters or uh, writhing 
Korax worm things. Mm. Miles away from them. Yeah, super safe now. Do you think it's reasonable that Sonya might have some breaking and entering experience, or I think so. I don't want. I don't want to like you know push the push the uh, character traits too far. Sonya, a hundred percent, strikes me as a person <laughs> who knows how to pick a lock, hotwire a car, bypass a security system. It'd be pretty boring if you didn't. Yeah, so uh, Sonya takes off the. She's. I don't think she's that fussed about the cameras, or at least that's a problem for a bit later. Um, so that's she a takes off. The future Sonya. Yeah. <laughs> she takes off Amazing. a control panel next to the doors and looks for the specific wires that she knows are there and takes out. <laughs> I think she's got a little pair of nail clippers, just you know, just in case she just needs to tidy herself up a little bit. You know, she likes to be immaculate, <laughs> and just makes a little, a couple of little snips. Hmm. I'm trying to decide whether to ask you to shake off the security system or whether I think, in effect, you've just declared that you don't really give that much of a shit about the security system anyway. Therefore, you're going to be caught on it, and that's that. But since everyone else is so busy, it doesn't really make that much difference either. Nobody's going to be able to do anything about it just yet. It depends if you think, like, there's a a threat, like, if there's any more Korax nearby, like, I'm working under pressure of that or anything. Well, are you going to be rolling to seek out in a minute, I think? Have I got back in the ship? Oh, you will be. So there's definitely, I think there might be a moment where we roll for that. But just to get in... And so you, I'm definitely not going to roll to make you get past the door because I don't okay. want to say you can't get past the door. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. And you've just told me that you don't mind being caught by the security system. So I'm not rolling for that either. So I think, therefore, you get the door open. Some alarm starts going off. Plenty of those at the moment. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, one, no one is paying any the least bit of attention to that. You're on camera, but you're in. In the main lab, that is. The the, the only lab, don't you mean, yes, Josh? the only one you know of. <laughs> just call it the lab. I'm not sure if we ever got you to describe your lab. Ed, do you want to just give us a quick uh, overview of what it looks like? Uh, I think we did a little bit. Um, it, so it's got lots we of... We did like, the secret one. Should we? So the secret one's kind of bathed in blue lights and had sort of dark, red-lit keyboards. I think this is like the, the good <laughs> version of that. So it's, like, it's, it's pretty mundane. I think it's got like... A lab bench, conical flasks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A few screens here and there, small like touchscreen things for taking notes. As probably, he's probably got a lot of screensavers of DNA swirling around and things like that on the screens to make him look super smart, like he's processing stuff. Classic TV show lab. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Is it messy or is it tidy? I think he's quite a tidy person. So, but I think the the lab counter is. I mean, if you looked at it, it would look like this person's like really busy and is in the middle of something. But if you looked at it carefully, you'd realise it's quite carefully curated mess to make it look like he's a busy person. Do you have any personal effects like little keepsakes or gonks or any little personal gonks. touches? Yeah, I've got my collection of gonks. <laughs> I've got my gonk. pencil. Yeah, I've got my support gonk. <laughs> Packet of polos. Packet of polos. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think there's probably something. I'm just trying to think of something interesting. Yeah, so I think on one of the mirrors, on the corner of the mirror, is a a leather necklace with like a silver kind of tribal-shaped charm attached to it. Mm, Not a gonk. Right next to the collection of gonks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think there might be like a small area where there's sort of candles and stuff, and maybe there's some crystals there as well. Whoa. Wow. Mm. This is just starting to snowball now. That's some pretty hard science you got going on there, Dr. Roy. Well, exactly. I like to um, add some nuance. They're special Corex crystals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sonia, what do you what do you want to do now that you're in? After just leaning her back against the closed door and just taking a couple of deep breaths with her eyes closed, I think she just takes in the room all at once. And then just slowly starts to sort of work her way round. Just automatically, really. I think she's a nosy person and, you know, she's got a kind of system for snooping, I guess. <laughs> so Casing she a might joint. Try... <laughs> She'll kind of, you know, wake, wake the computers up and just see, like, maybe what kind of security is on there. She will have clocked the necklace, I think. And There's the... probably some notebooks around as well, I would think, if that helps. Yeah, I think she'll have a little flip through the notebooks. So what are you hoping to find here? Like, I, I'm equally open yeah. to a kind of in-character answer or an out-character answer, if you want to try and find the secret lab, for example. I don't even know if I want her to find the lab, or even look for it at this point. Well, you might find it by luck, so... I mean, I get, I get, are you just having a sneak round to kind of get a feel for, like, Roy's behind the scenes, like, get a little bit of intel on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's like, while I'm here, I'll just have a little... <gasps> I'll just pop into Dr. Roy's room and have a... <laughs> have a snoop around. Such, such a professional. I do have quite a selection of aftershaves as well in the bathroom. <laughs> I think we can definitely assume that you've like got a sense for those little personal things and the the non-scientists gist of some of the stuff in the notebooks that kind of thing but i i think i'm curious about whether so something like seek out is something you'd use if you know to look for something that you don't know is there or if it's specifically for something that you know is concealed if if you are searching a place, you're searching, unless you know what you're looking for, you are searching for stuff without knowing what it is. So you can absolutely roll to see if you find any, since we know there is in fact illicit stuff here, to roll to see whether you find it. And we also know that it's well hidden, which is the other requirement to trigger Seek Out. Let's do it. Let's just, let's just throw some gas on this fire. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So you're rolling with sharp. Okay, yeah. I was just checking because I've got investigator rules, haven't I? Oh, jeez, that's a five. Um, but I've got, I've got no sharp. Brilliant. I've put it all in smooth. Best that. So I could mark a pressure. It wouldn't help. It's not enough. And I need to use a relationship. Could I? Or I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since anybody's mentioned relationships. <laughs> You can use it when you support, interfere, pull strings, or call them on their shit. So not this. So no. So that's Mark X. So you rolled a five. What's your sharp? Uh, zero. Right. So you, so you, 
Have you not got enough pressure to take it up to seven? Nope. Oh dear. That's the loo flushing as it come out. <laughs> <laughs> just, are you in your robe or not? Just so I can gauge the kind of tone of this. What, my long robe or my short <laughs> robe? He's just been doing calisthenics on the way back from the shuttle. <laughs> in his short robe. And he's all glistening. I, I, could, I could just be in my lycra suit. Do you wear underwear when you wear your short robe? Depends who's in my... <laughs> Quarters. Of course. Well, right. No. No. <laughs> okay. I think I would like to say that, Dr. Roy, you come back. I'd like to say that you come back exactly at the moment when Vega has managed to locate the secret panel and has, like, maybe opened it just a crack. Like, it's. You've, you've like, pulled some, some hidden catch or something and it's just gone click. So something's opened, but you've not really seen what's on the other side of it when, Dr. Roy, <laughs> I think, probably as you're coming back from the shuttle, uh, yeah, you were in a shuttle, weren't you? Feeling somewhat the worse for wear. You hear your alarm, your security alarm going off down the corridor. So have the opportunity to quicken your pace, should you so desire. Yep. Yep. I run past all the, you know, casualties as a medical scientist yeah it's it's chaos but you are in the middle of the ship as we've established i don't think this is currently um subject to imminent corax attack mm-hmm. so yeah you can you can be peeping around the door as that as that catch goes and your secret panel goes clink what do you do what do i do when i arrive and see vega mooching around my quarters yes and about to open the door to your secret lab i um clear my throat and say Ms. Vega you seem to be lost (laughs) or are you carrying out some research before our interview I'm actually saving my own skin Dr. Roy I don't know if you noticed but we've been under attack hmm you looking for somewhere to hide what I was told this was a very secure place indeed not secure enough by the looks of things. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out how to trigger call someone on the ship, but I don't think I can in this situation. Why not? I definitely think you can. You just you just have to say to it, like you're almost doing it already. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out whether I've triggered it enough or no. You you got to be more forthright. You, so to call someone on the ship, you have got to tell them what their problem is and what they need to do to convince you otherwise. So your problem is presumably that you are a Naughty little journalists who shouldn't get into places they're not allowed. Yeah. You know, this it was a very secure uh, environment and um, it has some dangerous, potentially da- dangerous biological artifacts. And um, I think it'd be unwise for you to stay here much longer. Perhaps we should arrange a more formal discussion, don't you think? And I sort of put my hand on your shoulder to sort of lead you away from the secret underground lair entrance. Sonia just... Well, Sonia looks at your hand on her shoulder to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that I'd massage across the boundary right there, <laughs> deliberately. She puts her hand on top of yours and then just lifts it off of her shoulder <laughs> and lets it drop to your side and says, yes, I think that would be a very good idea now that you're safely on board again. I'll just uh, leave you to clear up, shall I? 
he sort of looks confused, like, what, why would I need to clear up? Like, should be tidy. <laughs> As she walks towards the door, he sort of pops his butt against the thing to pop it back into place. Says, um, I'm pretty sure when the commander was suggesting this, this interview, it was going to be a fairly light affair. I mean, if you have any questions, you should just ask them directly, Ms. Vega. And I open the door. Oh, I do have questions. Don't you worry about that. But you must understand I'm quite tired right now and I have some things to write up from my experience. Mm, of course, of course. Perhaps we should make an arrangement for, to meet for lunch once the ship's been cleaned up. Yeah, my treat. Very happy for you to do that. I'll just be uh, taking this. And she picks up the rifle that she'd left in there earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, I look forward to our date. And she just walks out of the room. Last description of Dr. Roy's face before the scene closes. Yeah, so I think as you pick up the gun, it sort of he looks a little startled, kind of looks down at the gun and back at your face for a minute just to check that nothing weird's going to happen. And then as you step, as you say your last words and you step past the threshold, he just immediately shuts the door and goes. Shoo. So I kind of want to bring the admiral in now because I think you might have a conversation with her. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you exactly what I. We, we've established that it takes some time to travel through the Tenebrium, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So to get your story straight. <laughs> so, so presumably, while while we're in transit, that's where the Marines clean up the clean up the ship. I mean, yeah. Stop the. The worst of the Korax, the bluntest of the Korax. Obviously, I'm 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 advising the clear clean up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Great. So when we translate back into space near the Agamemnon, back into normal space, I think Sam will not have taken the time to clean himself up in any way. Probably he got involved in a little bit of the the Korax fighting work just because it's his ship. Nothing too dangerous, but it's his ship. So so he looks like he's been through it a little bit. I mean, obviously not like the Marines, but... And when we jump back into normal space, he asks his comm officer to get the Admiral on the line and assuming she answers. Actually, no, he doesn't ask to get the... When we translate back in, he says to his comms officer, comms, get me the Agamemnon. Mm-hmm. And when that call goes through, making sure that he's on screen, so it's not... So the, you can see the visual... He says, Agamemnon, this is Hecate Actual. We have your fuel tanks for you. We've taken some damage, so may require some assistance from engineering and medical crews. Commander Buckley out. And then you hang up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. I mean, if she wants to talk to me, she can call me back. But (laughs) She might. (laughs) Just left a voicemail. Unbelievable. You might as well just send her a text. (laughs) okay i think some time passes and where do you where do you go when time is passing in these sorts of situations have you got like an office or something i probably do i've probably got like a small room off the bridge i'm not thinking anything luxurious like picards it's probably more like a a a, um practically a cubby hole you know with a it's got the mops down the side (laughs) no no mops (laughs) But, you know, a, a screen and maybe room for one or two other people. For Yeah, cool. So I think let's bring Kulon back. What the heck? I think Kulon knocks on your door, looking slightly nervous. Yes, Ensign? 
uh, sir, uh, we've got a visitor. The Admiral's shuttle has just docked. Sam stands up and says, she didn't send any advance warning? No, sir. Very well. I think Sam's not quite sure how to play this. He wasn't certainly wasn't expecting Barkman to come over here. And so my guess is his first thought is she's come over here to make some noise, shout at some people, demand resignations, I don't know what. And so if he'd had warning, he might have gathered command crew and been there to greet her when she arrived. But given that she's given him no warning, he's. I think Sam's thinking she's on the warpath, in which case I'm going to go on my own and just wear it. So instead of calling Hurricane or anybody else to to join me, he'll just go straight down to the hangar bay. Thanks for listening to Black Armada Tales. We've been playing Last Fleet by me, Josh Fox. You can find information about Last Fleet and all the rest of our stuff in the show notes. If you like what we do, then we'd really appreciate it if you shared the podcast on social media or gave us a review, preferably a five-star one, as that really helps people to find the podcast. See you next time. I was away at a thing on the weekend, um, and do, uh, do people know about about Warren? Do people know who Warren Ellis is? Yes. Yeah. Name's good. very familiar. Not the no. comic book Warren Ellis. Oh, oh right. Okay. No. no. <laughs> um, he's, <laughs> he's an Australian musician. He's the he's he plays violin in the Bad Seeds. Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds. Right. Um, oh, I and, know who Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds are. And he's done a bunch of. He has his own band, Dirty Three, and he's done a bunch of movie soundtracks. Sweet. He unfortunately wasn't able to be at the event I was at on the weekend, but he has a book out that, I mean, it's kind of about his life, but it's about his life through the lens of Nina Simone's chewing gum. Oh, I've heard of that book. You've heard of that book? Yeah. <laughs> I picked it up while I was over there. and uh, How is it? it uh, so just, just before. Yeah, can we go back so a Nina bit? Simone's <laughs> chewing gum. Does Nina Simone make, make chewing gum? Or do no. you mean chewing gum that has been chewed by Nina Simone or, or owned by Nina Simone? So um, in one of Nina Simone's very last performances, it was at a festival that Warren Ellis had helped curate. She, she, was, she was quite unwell and she walked out on stage and sat down at the piano, <laughs> sat down at the piano, uh, pulled out her chewing gum and, and put it on a towel her hand towel on the piano and then played not actually yeah, just a... on the piano it'd be easy to not on the piano on a towel oh um, my god I'm really just really <laughs> played an absolutely transcendental gig and for whatever reason when it ended Warren Ellis snuck up onto the stage and s- stole the gum and then kind of carried it around as a talisman for for a very long time. Um, one specific piece of gum. One specific about. piece of gum that Nina Simone chewed just before a performance. Yeah. Before an amazing performance, I suppose. Before, yeah, yeah. And then something, something through the lens of, I don't remember the first half of the sentence, I only remember everything that after through the lens of Nina Simone's chewing gum. Yeah, Warren else has written a book about about his life, I guess, but, but it's called Nina Simone's Gum. Maybe Nina Simone's chewing gum, even. 
So is it about him as the sidekick to this gum, basically? Essentially, yeah. This this gum <laughs> has been has been displayed in Denmark at the national. I think it was Denmark at the National Library um, in Denmark in an exhibition curated by Nick Cave. It has been. That yeah, are... feels a bit nepotistic towards the gum. If it was Nick Cave, his bandmate. Hang on, what do you mean? The gum got into this on the grounds that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't on its own merit, was it? Knows Nick Cave, <laughs> not on the grounds that it was Nina Simone's gum. <laughs> Didn't pull itself up by its bootstraps. It was specifically Nina Simone's gum, though. I think if Warren okay. Ellison said, "Hey, Nick, mate, I've got some gum here. Do you want to put it in the National Library?" Maybe Nick would have said, "No, that's weird, Warren. What do you?" No, but I mean. How do we know that this is even true? What if Warren just was like, I want to see whether I can get some gum into an exhibition. So I'm going to say that I got this from Nina Simone. So I this mean, is the, quite it, a Banksy thing to do, isn't it? But, but that is not who Warren Ellis is. Warren Ellis, I think, spends most of his time drug addled. Uh, he has, as far as I'm aware, well, he, apparently he, he believes that the, the, the spirit of Beethoven has passed through his body on at least three occasions, each of which has been deeply traumatizing for him. And you're telling me he's not the kind of person <laughs> who would make up a story about... I don't think he has it in him. No. 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 Okay, well, anyway. So he didn't come to the show, is that? No, so I was, at a, I was at a festival of writing and ideas, and he was supposed to, he was on the list of guests, but he was unwell. Mm-hmm. So stuck at home in Paris, which is a, an image entire. He has this massive bushranger beard, and he's pretty darn Aussie. Uh, and, <laughs> and the kind of... The kind of image I have of slightly deranged Bush Ranger beard, Warren, Aussie Warren Ellis living in Paris, kind of, it brings me joy. I, <laughs> I don't know what his neighbours would think of him. Yeah, he does look like a member of the Bad Seeds. You're right. Yeah. I want I, to know what speaking French with an Aussie accent sounds like now. I bet it sounds so cool. I wonder if he even tries. He might just not have communicated with anyone since he moved to Paris. I don't... Can you speak French, Nick? Not a word. No. Uh, he's, he's, his partner is French, French ah, bassist. That's also something I can't picture. Oh, being wife, Warren Ellis's partner. Yeah. Huh. She looks very I saw cool. him perform once with his band, the, the Dirty Three, and it's all instrumental. And before each song, he would provide a very detailed, very specific description of what the song was about. Very specific. And then to, you know, facing us, talking to a microphone. And then, turn with his back to us and play the song on his violin with his band, with his back turned. And I'm pretty sure all of us were sitting out there in the audience going, so this is about a Sunday when you went to the beach and yeah. one of your th- flip-flops broke and I- I'm not hearing it, Warren. Can you just... <laughs> Maybe he wasn't feeling it that night. You can convey <laughs> the f- power of the flip-flop. I can't remember what got me on that. It was Nina Simone's chewing gum. Yeah. Uh, Yuri Geller. And his museum. <laughs> it's been a bit of a bit of a ride this conversation. <laughs> yeah.